Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. When is midlife and when does the crisis set in? Is this a midlife crisis or is this an awakening? That's what, (laughs) I mean, I I think there's a lot of people when they get in, well, when is exactly, when do they say midlife begins? So uh, most... I guess articles is pretty much Google says. Yeah, again, you're going. Can we do, can we go with that? Google if, says. If you Google it again, like anything else, you get a million different answers. So um, there's got to be some kind of a an average between forty and sixty. That's what I figured. is what Google says. You'll find things that put it later, that put it earlier, but kind of standard is forty to sixty. You know what? You know who doesn't like to hear that is people in their late thirties. <clears throat> I know because they're like. Am I getting there? Is I, it getting close? I remember you and I having this conversation probably like two or three years ago. I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 this year. Right. And it was so it was like two or three years ago. And you were like, well, aren't you midlife? And I was like appalled that right, you would even right. consider that I was midlife. And now I'm embracing it much more. But anyway, so midlife, we're going to go with the standard 40 to 60. So, you know, you know people have asked me, now that I've hit 50 and they find out that I, I'm still getting looks from everybody. Like I have three heads when they find out I don't drink alcohol. I don't eat red meat or pork. <laughs> right. And they're like, are you kidding me? And I work out. And, and now they're like, I've, I've had more than one individual. I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or what, but more than one individual ask, are you having a midlife crisis? <laughs> I said, isn't that usually like an 18 year old girlfriend at a Corvette or so? that's what I think of, right? What's wrong with trying to better yourself? So there's actually, um, I don't know if it, if you would consider it a misconception or if that's kind of an old style of thinking that when you go through a midlife crisis, you like, you know, pierce Revert. your nose and dye your hair blue or you buy a Corvette and right. and get a, you know, a hot blonde girlfriend. Right. That's kind of like a stereotypical midlife crisis. So what does a real midlife well, crisis look like? There, There is kind of one thought pattern that says um, it a midlife crisis happens when you have been living one way for your whole life and you kind of realize that that is not aligned for you or that feels like something someone told you to do. And it's where you stop doing that and decide to do it how you want to do it. And when I say it, I mean life. So it's kind of like um, putting aside old beliefs, stereotypes, ways of doing things and doing them in a different way. Yeah, it, you know, it goes back to uh, something we brought up a few weeks ago. 
uh, when I quoted David Bowie, when he talked about aging being the remarkable process where you finally become the individual you were always meant to be, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what a lot of people today are feeling like. And, and I had this conversation with, with a friend of mine the other day. We were both, we're about the same age. And we agreed that because of the way this movement that we're all, that we've been talking about, this mm-hmm. health and wellness movement and uh, a lot of people opting for an alcohol-free lifestyle, they're getting more fit, and they're going to live longer, healthier lives and have a better quality of life mm-hmm. as they age. And the 50s and 60s and 70s of our grandparents' generation is not what it's going to look like for us. Yeah. And I, that stereotypical midlife crisis, I think, falls in line with some of those older generations. Right, right. I mean, not exactly. Like, not everybody who turned 50 got a Corvette and a blonde girlfriend. But just that idea that that's what a midlife crisis is. Well, for men anyways, right? So that's what what the, again, stereotypical midlife crisis would look like, right? was a much younger girlfriend and a, and, a sports car. and the, old, the old school Corvette or, yeah. or, or sports car and, uh, you know, starting to wear the chains, walking around <laughs> with your shirt off when you shouldn't, <laughs> that type of thing, right? But I, but when, when, when you start digging into it, they're like, are you depressed? Are uh, you feeling lonely? All of these other things. I'm like, uh, no, I'm yeah, not. Is it, they say one of the, the signs of a midlife crisis is like things that used to bring you joy and pleasure don't anymore. Uh, yeah. I, and I, do you have, no, do you have no, a list? No, go ahead. I actually did. There was, there was a list that I had. Let me see if I can dig that. Oh, here it is. Uh, how do I know if I'm experiencing a midlife crisis? They say it's feeling sad or a lack of confidence, especially after a big milestone accomplishment, like a birthday. I've never understood that. Yeah, I I, I don't have get not it. felt that. But I do, I do know a lot of people uh, throughout my life. I I remember uh, coming up through broadcast and a lot of my aging sales managers and things like that. When they were to hit that fifty mark, they were like they would nobody was to talk about it. Oh, right. It was like ooh, that's taboo. Don't say anything, you know. <laughs> and then also feeling bored, a loss of meaning or purpose in your life, feeling unfulfilled. Feelings of nostalgia, excessively thinking about the past, making impulse actions, feeling regret. These are sad. I know. And I'm like, I don't feel any of that. No, I'm definitely not having a midlife crisis. I mean, I I, I honestly, it's weird because here I am at this point in my life, you know, a lot of people uh, start to reflect and I'm like, the the idea to to combat that or to beat that is start looking forward again, mm-hmm. right? You've got a lot in front of you, right? That's how you have to that's how you have to approach things. Is what am what am I going to do next versus what didn't I get to do in the past? Right. Right? Yeah, because what's the quote? Like you can't wish for a better past. You can that's exactly it. I've I mean I've heard that a thousand times. Yeah. Stop hoping for a better past because it's it's gone. Right. Yes. Those years are gone. And, and even I, even the future you don't have like you no, have now. Right. Really. Well, I think that's all it's promised. Anyway, they, they say that one of the real keys to happiness 
is to learn to live in the present, mm-hmm. not what you're looking forward to, not what you've not re, uh, uh, looking back at what you've yep. done, but focusing on the day that you have right now. Yep. Right. That's the key to happiness. I've my word for the year was intentional is intentional. And so I've been trying to be present, you know, in like looking for joy in like small moments or like kind of in the everyday. And if you really focus on it, it's, it does lead to more happiness. Right. Like if you have a favorite coffee mug and you open the cupboard and it's clean, like, Oh, that's a a little bit of joy for my day. But you, you have to be intentional and be present and be paying attention to what's happening right in front of you. Right. And, and to get, we've talked about this. Remember, when those negative thoughts start to seep in, you got to chase them away. Because I, when, when, I don't know how this got brought up, this midlife crisis thing. It was something, it, it, it surfaced in some article I read the other day. And then you and I started talking about it the other night. Then I was thinking about it. And I was like, I got to stop thinking like that. Because I thought to myself, I'm like, here I am at my age, you know, because I was always athletic and doing things like that when I was young. I, I, I got out of high school. I joined the Marine Corps. We, I was always doing adventurous, wild, crazy things there. And I was in great shape right into my mid-20s. And now here I am, double that age, and I'm back at the gym, and I'm working with a personal trainer that's 21 years old. <laughs> and I thought to myself... Do people perceive me as having a midlife crisis? And I thought, what does it matter? Right? Yeah. What does it matter? Because it is, I don't, th- I, I never even thought about it until somebody brought it up. And I'm like, geez, do, do I look like that? And I was like, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. And I like when you see people who are embracing their age and just where they are in life. I think that's awesome. I think people, I think you're seeing a lot more of you're that. You're seeing a lot more of it. And it's, I'm in a, a group on Instagram. Um, we don't actually know each other in real life. We're just fashion friends on Instagram and these early two thousands trends that you're starting to see pop up. And we're all about the same age, like almost 40 or early forties. So we where we were right in it. Give me a, give me a few examples those, of these early two thousands. Well, it's like the still. the like the cropped turtleneck sweaters and right. the baggy jeans and the Doc Martens and the low rise jeans. The funny thing is, Gen Z, these young people, twenty five and under, are embracing this and they're acting proprietary. They they, they believe they, that they came up with. They it. are, and they call it um like they have given this Y2K girl, it's a persona that they aspire to. And it, to me, like I, I've seen some people on the internet that are like, I'm so old. And like, it's easy to think that, but right. to me, it's so adorable. It's flattering and almost. so right? fun to watch. Cause they're like, I saw this, this one Instagram reel and she was like, okay, I'm embracing my Y2K girl and I'm going to wear this plaid skirt from banana Republic. And, and it was so real. Like that is what it was like to be a Y2K not, girl. Not, not to make you feel like you're aging. But it's okay. Think about it like this. You were in high school in the nineties, right? Yes. In the well, late nineties. I graduated early, in 2000, early 2000. Yeah. So, in the late 90s, 
it would have been the way that you looked back into the 70s. I know. Think about that. And so I, I know that I have this romanticized idea of a girl, a woman in the 70s sure. that I still carry. Like, and I'll still try to embody that sometimes. Right. Like I'm going to wear bell bottoms and a headscarf and I'm imagining this romanticized version of a woman in the 70s, like, like how she would address. It's like that never went out of style, though it keeps resurfacing. It keeps, well, it's classic. It is classic. So now I see these young girls who are embodying this Y2K persona that they they didn't live that. And it's so fun to watch them. And I am just like adoring all of this Y2K girl content. Um, and I have bought a couple of things that I'm like, high school me would have loved this. And I'm like, I'm not trying to go back right, and right. be 17 years old. It's just in again. It's in again. And it's like, why not play? You yeah, know, it's just right. like, it's okay to play. I have a question for you. When you were in high school and in uh, your college years, did young men wear earrings? Was that a thing? Because I'll tell you this, the reason I, I'm asking that is there it's back. I see a lot of them doing it again. I see like the early 20 20s. year olds, yeah, early um, 20s. See a lot of guys at the gym with earrings. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it doesn't stand out in my memory. Because I remember in the late 80s when I was in high school, uh, that was a there, that was like a rebellious thing. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, he's got an earring. Right. And I, I remember, do it, remember my dad telling me that I wasn't allowed to date a boy with an earring. Yeah. And that earrings and tattoos were kind of still taboo. Sure. At that time. And I remember the legendary broadcaster, David Brinkley, saying, if I were to ever get one, it'd be one of those long dangly ones. <laughs> Right. And I, and I always laughed at that. And I'm like, you know what? At least he was honest about it because if you're going to go, go big. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, but I see that coming back with the young men as well. And, uh, the air force ones, which were the yeah. Nike basketball tennis shoes, solid white. And they were huge 20 years ago. And, uh, now they're back in style. To me, it's just, it's fun to see that stuff come back. It has brought up so the nostalgic feelings that you had on your list of midlife crisis checkpoints. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my nostalgic feelings are happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like mine when too, I yeah. see the, when I see this stuff and there was a catalog, um, I don't know if you, you probably don't remember. It was called Delia's and it was this clothing catalog in the late nineties and they had, and everyone got it and you would like circle the stuff that you wanted but like I never actually got anything from it. Was it mail order? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was so cool. And I loved it. And I just started following this Instagram account that posts pictures from old Delia's catalogs. And I'm like, this is the greatest content. This is what we need right now. Is we need old Delia's catalogs. Yeah. So then I find out that one of my friends my that I've met like in adulthood modeled in Delia's catalogs. You're kidding me. No. And I was like, this is fate. <laughs> this is absolutely fate. So anyway, just kind of a fun aside. So I wonder if midlife crisis is even a real thing anymore. I, I, I think there are people who feel those midlife feelings of sadness and like they missed out on their life or like they have regrets. So Here's what I would tell them if you're if you're between 40 and 60 or whatever 
point in that two decade period you believe that you've hit midlife and you're sad that you've missed out on some things go get them yes you know it's just it doesn't what's stopping you yes you've got a lot in front of you people today you know i'm not and i'm not just saying this but the 50s today are like the 30s when i was a kid yeah it's it's that big of a difference it's totally different and it's just going to keep getting well, people are Not getting younger, but, I, I, but yeah. seeming younger. Yeah, we were having this conversation the other day, and because of the movement away from alcohol and exercise and fitness and better diet and a lot more of plant-based type things that people are going to start consuming, you're going to look younger and live longer, mm-hmm. right? Well, the people that get on board anyways, right? And it's just, that's how you have to look at it. You have that option. Right. You can choose that now. But yeah. And that's the thing. Like if you're in that midlife range and you're feeling those sad, negative feelings, like what can you do differently? Like what would you dream your life to look like? And how can you start taking steps towards that instead of like keeping on the same path? Like if and and I think that's kind of the rebranding of the midlife crisis, if you will, is they're, they're calling it like the midlife awakening where people are, are waking up and looking around them and saying, this isn't it. And I, and I think it goes beyond even uh, uh, middle, what they call middle age. Right. Because I think that that couple of years of the pandemic woke a lot of people up above all different ages. Yeah. Yeah, That they just realized that they, they got a better idea of what was important to them. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I guess I really don't think of it as a thing really anymore. The midlife crisis or just midlife? It's no midlife crisis. I think, I think it's just a, a, that term is almost outdated to me. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I I use it more. I mean, I don't use it like my everyday vernacular, but that's what I was just going to say. It's more like a punchline. Yeah. You know, like I said it to my aunt, my aunt just retired my godmother, I love her. And uh, she and her husband built uh, a retirement home. It's like a, a shed house, barn what, thing. What, what do they call those? They call it a shouse. A I've shouse, heard them call, right? yeah. called like barn dominiums too. But anyway, um, and she's like, I'm gonna grow a garden and I'm gonna, I might sell some bread and salsa at the farmer's market. And I was like, stop it. This is like a dream. And I'm like, <laughs> right. am I having a midlife crisis? And that's what I asked her. And she was like, no. By the way, she, by the way, d- she did spend some uh, more than a few years in Colorado. She did. She spent a lot of her career in Colorado. Yeah, so that she might have brought a little bit of that back with her. And I, and I, but you and I love Colorado. Yes, and I love. I've always I, loved it since I was a little girl and went to visit her. Yeah. in Colorado, I've always loved Colorado. Even the last time, just a few years ago, when we went and spent some time in Denver, I love. I just love Colorado. I, I just could think, see myself. And I've always said this since I was a little girl. I could see myself living in Colorado or Sedona. Well, I've never been to Sedona, but I feel <laughs> called there. I'm going to get there. Do you, do you think the, the spiritual awakening could be uh, classified by some people <laughs> as a midlife crisis? I actually found that on Google. I really? Just, I, I Googled um, midlife crisis, and right. there was there was kind of like this midlife crisis parentheses, spiritual awakening, midlife awakening. So I, I think that's kind of the rebrand of a midlife crisis is this awakening of like, who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? Um, I'm missing my life. 
and maybe it's not regret. Maybe it's just like a, a an awakening. Right. Like you're waking up and, and going, what is the purpose of all of this and how can I make the most of it? I think a lot of people in their 40s today, when they start looking back, because I think when you get to that 40 mark, that's when you start to kind of look back like your youth, right? Mm-hmm. Your youth may have passed, but the best part of your life may very well be in front of you. Right. Totally. I believe that. You, you, you know how I always tell you everything that I needed to know I learned in the Marine Corps. Yeah. And I can tell you, here's another one of them. Here's another lesson. <laughs> you should write a I should. motivational But this plaque. is the, hon- the honest to God truth. And I learned this. You are capable of so much more than you have been led to believe. Yes. This, the, the society that we live in and the, the culture that has existed in this country has held a lot of people back because they were told what they can and can't do or uh, you're too old for that. You can't do that or you're not good enough. Yeah. That, that's not your thing. You are capable of way more than you think. Well, and you think about the beliefs that you have it's about all, who you are. It's all in your head. Right? And where they came from. And it's right. like, I have carried around my entire life. I'm 38 years old that I'm bad at math. Right. You want to know why? Because my third grade teacher told me I was bad at math. Right. And it's like, I am actively working to change that belief because I've believed it since third grade and I've never even given myself a chance. Right. Right. And and if you start thinking of those beliefs that you have about yourself and your limitations and identifying where they came from, you're like, that's not true. Right. That awful woman that I had for a teacher in third grade, she doesn't get to decide. Right. You know? So if you, if you can start tracing some of those limiting beliefs that you carry about yourself back to where they came from and prove that they're not real. A lot of people today have fallen victim of people in a position of power that use that and hang it over their head. Absolutely. Right. And it, and it makes for a miserable life. Again, I've, I've talked about this cause I've seen it happen so many times where these individuals in positions of power will prey on people that they think they can, and they'll convince them that they'll give them an identity, mm-hmm. a place in a societal circle, and they'll sucker them in because they'll do anything for them, right? Yeah, and they play on those. Oh, it's terrible. Or it's, prey on those limiting beliefs. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and right? And then by the time these people get to 40 or 50, they start to figure out that they've been used, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no amount of... There, you really do figure this out. I know it sounds cliche, but you do figure out at a point in life that money's not going to make you happy. Nope. And then you, when you figure that out and you don't care what anybody else thinks, you're on the road. That's when, you're, that's when that moment, when I talk about you're finally becoming the individual that you were always meant to be. Yeah. And then you just do it, Right. That's why I think I, I always tell people when you get to that point, which is usually midlife, it's a wonderful experience and life really just begins. It does. And I, I think there's so many people who in midlife look around and realize they don't even know what they like. Like they don't even right, know what right. they as literally a soul really like because they, they've spent their whole life trying to impress everybody. Right. They right. like what, you know, the, television told them to like or what their neighbor told them to like or what their coworker told them. And they're like, they don't even know 
what they like or what they want. Right. And so that's been a big part of, I know my own journey over the last year plus after I stopped drinking was like, okay, this is fun. What do I actually like? What did I like when I was seven years old? And how can I incorporate that kind of joy into my adult life? Right. We've talked about even, you know, as an example, you know, for all those years when I was jumping from format to format on the radio, and I'm talking about music formats, Mm -hmm. whether it be rock, pop, or country, or all of this, you created a persona Mm -hmm. around the music if you were on a music intensive station, right? And that's just the nature of the business. You don't get hung up on formats, you follow the money, right? So there were so many people that just assume that that's who you are, yeah, right? And it's just... It's nice to finally be free of that and be able to do the podcast and be who I am. Yeah. Right. Oh and, God. It's, and, that's, and that's f- been a big part of it too, is, yeah. is just getting out of that box and not have to, not have to play a game anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm just, it's, but it makes you think about how many people are in a box. Oh yeah. I mean, we were, we were put in a box because of our job and it was very public. Right. But think about, how many people feel like they've been put in a box of this is the things you do well, this is the things you don't do well, this is who you are, this is the sports teams you like, and they feel like, how do I even right. be different? Right, right. How do I climb out of this box and like remember who I am? Right. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about that great awakening. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I would prefer to say, call it versus the great resignation and all these other things that they come up I think that there is an awakening, and, and I, I call it a movement because it's not a trend. A trend, a, a trend will go away. This movement is not going away. It's yeah. just the way the next generations move. They're moving. It's that absolutely way, right? an awakening. Yeah. Could be, and it the re, the resignation thing is part of the awakening, yeah, but right. it goes beyond careers and jobs. Oh, for sure. That's just one element of it. Yeah. It's, it's so the reason we're bringing this up is I know that here we are now we're heading into the middle of January and a lot of people had a lot of resolutions, things they wanted to do. I, one of them, I, I had not heard this term, but, uh, Veganuary? Have you heard this? Oh, is that where you go vegan in January? Yes. Have you heard uh, this? No. So that's like dry January, but go vegan for a month. Yes. And uh, that is, I I have a few friends right now that are trying that. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's cool. And I thought, you know, I've gone a couple of spells, like short spells yep. where I, and, and I think, again, I know that's another one of them things. Bring that up. People will look at you in the Midwest, in Southern Minnesota, in outstate rural Minnesota. They will look at you like you have three heads yes. all every single time. I don't drink. And I don't eat meat. They'll lock you up. They'll they'll want to put you in an like, asylum. You are certifiably right? insane. And, and 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 it's two things that are most likely going to make you live a long and productive life. Yeah, those are two of the top things I think you can do for your physical right. health and add some exercise in there. And you're like, you're in good shape. Bionic man. Yeah, you're looking at a you're looking at a long uh, and productive life. Um, I have eaten I would say like eighty percent plant based in January. And, um, number one, it feels great. Number two, it's hard. (laughs) It is very hard. Like it requires a lot of thinking coming from a person who I didn't eat a lot of meat, but I 
turkey and chicken were kind of my staples. So it definitely does take planning. I eat a lot of turkey, chicken, and fish. I do. I mean, I'll admit, especially since I started working out, like, I'm not kidding. I will eat an entire chicken. It doesn't even stop. I'm not kidding. <laughs> if I'm in there for two hours sometimes, I'll, I could come home and eat it. And I've done it on a Sunday afternoon. I've never worked out for two hours. I could eat an entire. So I, I have been. But, you know, moving away from red meat, which was a a uh, category two carcinogen. Mm-hmm. Again, again, that means that there's not definitive evidence right now that it is that it's caught that it causes cancer specifically in the colon right but there's good reason to believe that it does <laughs> so it's like when you bring that up to people they're they don't they don't they they're just not buying it they're just there's a this refusal so change is hard right it, it is it is hard and uh, i'm not saying that i would never eat red meat or or, or pork but it would be on up because listen where we live there's an abundance of it. We have great, we have fantastic uh, pork and beef uh, raised right here in Southern Minnesota. Yes, we do. If you go to Schmidt's Meat Market out here in Nicollet. It is, I mean, it's one of my favorite spots still. Because you can still get fish and chicken and all of that stuff sure. there as well. But I mean, there is, we have an abundance, an abundance of meat here in Southern Minnesota. We're in America's breadbasket. This is like... The farming capital of the country. Yes, it is. Right? It's the, the richest soil in On the planet. The world. I think Blue Earth County, literally, yes. in southern Minnesota, is ranked, one, if not the richest soil on the planet, which is the reason a lot of these guys, when they immigrated and came and they found this soil in the Midwest, this is why they set up farms well, and they, they couldn't believe how they could get crops to grow. Mankato derived from the Lakota word for... Blue Earth. I you got I I'm not Mercado, I believe. that learned in the uh, Native American culture. I don't I know. I believe that there is a correlation. Don't quote me though. But um, that would not shock me. I didn't know we were going there, so I I, I don't have it in front of me. But um, I grew up on a beef cattle and hog farm. Sure. So I've eaten my share of beef and pork for probably sure. my whole life. So I. Was, I, I gravitate more towards turkey and chicken. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine that's vegan just the other day. She was the same thing. I grew up with pot roast and gravy and potatoes. And it was all, the t- so did I, because yeah. my dad was an electrician and that's what he grew up on, right? In the 50s and 60s. So that got passed on to me, yep. right? And that's what we ate for dinner a lot. A lot of pork and beef, yeah. a ton of it. And I, I since I've been young, my favorite meat has always been chicken. I love chicken. I like chicken too. I don't. I don't like the way they're being pumped full of hormones. <laughs> all yeah, the, all the other stuff now. By the way, I've got a uh, a line when I was having this conversation the other day. Uh, I did get told to watch the documentary "Kiss the Ground." Have we watched that? No, one? we have not. I'm up for a good and it's earthy the, documentary. And that's. Yeah, from what I understand, it is fantastic because okay. some of the other ones that where they get into the processing plants with animals and, and yeah. stuff, I, I, I they're can't, very hard to watch. It's, it's too graphic, and I think they almost they they dwell on it too much. I'm like, I don't need to see this for an hour. No, it's it, they're right? very very hard to watch. So, but there there there's some good ones out there. So, just you know, back to our original subject. If you feel like you're having a midlife crisis, you're not. 
Take a deep breath. Right. And remember, you're just at a point in your life where you realize, you're realizing that you can do whatever you want and you don't have to care what anybody else thinks. Yes. That's where you're at. Who are you? Who were you before the world told you who to be? Right. It's that simple, right? So uh, I know a lot of people sticking to their workout plans. I was pretty, I was pretty uh, impressed. I was in there uh, a couple of days ago in the midday range. A lot of people coming in on their lunch breaks and they were getting yes, it done. Good for them. So I, I had my first check-in for Commit to Fit at JP Fitness yesterday morning. Uh, I, I, last week I committed really hard. This week I'm like, uh, life got a little busy and I need to catch up. <laughs> what is your commit to fit goal? So I have three. My first one is to hone in my nutrition. Right. Um, try to eat 80% plant-based, which I have been. Yeah. Um, my second one is increase my cardio to, I think, 120 minutes a week. Right. Which is a lot of cardio. Right. I'm struggling on that. I'm, then, I'm, I'm with you on that, but they say cardio is so important. It's Even, so good for your heart. Well, especially when you're lifting because you need that to counterbalance what you accomplish while you're yeah. lifting weights. So I'm 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 working on it. Last week I did great. Um, and then yoga two times a week. Yeah. Good. So that's good. my goal. What's yours? Mine, well, well, I have one. And I don't, I'm supposed to, I didn't get signed up for it yet. And Brett keeps like, you got to get over there and get it. Do you have to, is it like a, a, QR, a, Google, co- a QR, QR code? QR code. It's a Google form. At, at the front desk. <laughs> Mine is to be able to do my dumbbell bench press with 85 pound dumbbells. Whoa. In so that's where we're at. That's a lot of weight. I know. And we got, I've got to the end of February to get to that point. Okay. So. That's where we're at. It was 10 weeks, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, so. it's a two-monther. And um, it's fun. I like the format of the well, challenge. They, that's the great thing about it's JP really Fitness. Good. And I, I tell people that all the time. There's constantly incentives and fun things that they do to keep it fun yes. and to keep you coming back and to keep you feeling like there's a sense of community. It's an absolute sense of community. Saturday morning yoga's back. Yes. Very happy about that. So, again, if you've not sat down for that one-on-one consultation, and again, you're an individual. That's the great thing about it. They're there to help you and guide you with your journey, nobody else's, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we've got a link on our website. Go to georgeandjess.com. Uh, you will find it right there. All right. On that note, again, middle of January. Don't let, don't let by the way, tomorrow get you down because it's Friday the 13th. Ooh. I didn't realize that. We might have to address that at some point because I used to be superstitious. I no longer. I got to check my horoscope. I no no longer am. Uh, Have a fantastic day. We'll be back tomorrow morning.